gave Bible prophecy for the church to strengthen our faith. He gives us so much proof that his word is valid. We can trust the validity of scripture. Helping believers in Jesus Christ shine as bright lights in a dark world. Helping everyday Christians succeed in evangelism, ministry, and the Christian life. From the northeast corner of the United States of America. This is the Morningstar Bright Lights Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Morningstar Bright Lights Podcast. I am Corinne, your host, and today we have Sarah and Ashley, and we're going to be talking about the end times and prophecy and how it relates to the Bible. So I'm super excited to have them here, and I'm so happy that you've chosen to join the conversation. Sarah and Ashley, are you married? you have children? Tell me about your family. I am married. My name is Ashley Marrier, used to be formerly Ashley Piet. I met my husband. We had actually already worked together. It was the perfect timing when God actually put us together. We were at a Bible study, poured water all over my lap, and from then on, <laughs> I um, was into him. We got married six months in and had a dog six months in and then got pregnant six months in. So I've wow. got a nine-year-old and 11-year-old. We are homeschooling. I've been doing it for six years. How you get to marry Ashley, just spill water in her lap and <laughs> there you go. What about you, Sarah? My name is Sarah Coleman. I'm married to Greg, my high school sweetheart. We live in Daville, Connecticut. Two beautiful children. Liam and Riley. They're four and five, nice and close in age. I am homeschooling as well. I just started a couple months ago. I'm still kind of getting in the groove and trying to get the hang of everything, but life is good. I'm very involved in the church. And you say you work from home. I work from home as well. So what do you do? I actually work for Max Ultimate Food in Boston. It's a catering company. I actually really like it. I do food service in the military and supply in the military as well. I'm in the Air Force Reserves. I have been for about 12 years now. Well, you are super helpful for me because my daughter is in the Air Force and we reached out to you a few times about that. So thanks for your help. So homeschooling for the first time. Yeah, we just started in September and working from home and with catering September to December is the busiest season. (laughs) So I was working more hours from home and trying to get in the hang of homeschooling. So it's been kind of challenging. It's been very busy, but I'm thankful for it. And I feel like now we're kind of more in it. We're getting in the groove of things and finding a good schedule. I just did a podcast with somebody. The whole podcast was about her homeschooling. So it's really cool to see that spiking now. Gee, I wonder why Mm -hmm. that could be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. So you guys talked about work. Ashley, you do not work out of the home. You work as a mom. Yep, we got the goats. I did a lot of homesteading. I know how to butcher an animal from start to finish, pigs and chickens. I know how to make my own goat soap. And so I love pioneering and figuring out new ways to be independent and free of the government. Ashley lives a little bit down the street from me, so I see her gardening. I know this sounds really silly, but you remember that Little House on the Prairie? Oh, yeah. She has her own homesteading. <laughs> okay, do you listen to her? Yeah. It's, okay. Oh, she does currently, you're saying? Yeah, she talks about oh, it. I yeah, she that. has her own little thing that she does. Growing your own food, learning how to do it, doing anything independently mm-hmm. that you would purchase from the government is a great idea. That'll be a different podcast yes. for another time. How long have you guys been a Christian? Let's get a little bit of background on that. Were you raised in the church or were you saved later on in life? I grew up in a Christian home. My mom and dad are saved. I grew up going to Sunday school. I did a WANA youth group. I got saved at a young age. Honestly, I feel like it's my relationship with Jesus really was solidified like a few years ago. Honestly, for so many years, even when I first got married, I was going to church. I love Jesus. I think I was saved. The Holy Spirit just within the past few 
years has just like lit a fire into me and I just my relationship with him has grown I think a lot of my life I was very lukewarm and I just really didn't understand a lot of the bible I really loved this world Mm -hmm. and I like doing all the things Mm -hmm. it's really been within the last few years like the holy spirit has just been light bulbs going off fire under my butt so yes I grew up in a Christian home my parents are godly people God has worked through me and things he's shown me well I'm going to agree with that because I just see a move of God in the last few years Mm -hmm. I shared with you a little bit how a friend of mine just got saved Mm -hmm. and my daughter came back from Oklahoma and she met up with some of her old friends I mean one she hadn't seen in like two or three years told her she just got baptized and she's in the Bible every day God is really moving faith can't become your own right you have to still do it yourself. Feed yourself. But I think it is different mm-hmm. when you're raised in the church because you do know God, you do love God. When you decide to open that Bible for yourself, then that relationship really takes root. To See? us through his word personally yeah. in a very exactly. personal way. And I'm very thankful for how I grew up. Godly example of yeah. godly marriage. I'm so thankful for that. Like you were saying, your faith has to become your own. Man, when you just for yourself embrace the word of God and mm-hmm. spend time with him and just seek him, it's a amazing what you just allow them to just work in you. It's amazing what happened. We're right. all growing in the Lord. We're never going to 100% get there. And so we never know where each other is on that walk. It doesn't mean you're not saved. You don't love the Lord. But all in your own and time. then there's sanctification process. Yeah. Amen. For me, I was not raised in a Christian home like Sarah was. My mother was Catholic. It just never resonated with me. When I was 11 years old, I was riding my bike, smashed into a girl who was also riding her bike. I was on Benoni Road. She was on and run and we just smashed into each other she was three houses down from me you know we became friends and eventually as we're playing she goes hey do you want to learn about God and she pulls out this little composition book this little blue composition book and starts having me memorize scripture at 11 years old and going to her church that's where I was like this makes sense. It was actually a Baptist church. They actually would wave flags around and actually dance. It was very free-flowing. It didn't seem awkward to me. Nothing seemed odd. It was odd to me to drink from a cup and go up and get a chip in my mouth from a priest, but it was not odd to see someone flowing around with a flag. (laughs) The Bible says to dance, use tambourines, praise God. Scripture says to do that, and it sort of, in a free way, did seem like that. As a child, that's how I became saved at 11 from a young girl who smashed into me on a bike. God's going to do what he's going to do, right? He's like, all right, Ashley, you're coming with me. (laughs) This is how we're doing it. We are talking about prophecy and how it relates to everything that's going on today. We're just hearing the word of God. We're listening to perspectives. When did you really start looking at prophecies? When did God start to really cultivate that in you? You wanted knowledge and understanding about that. For me, there was this shift during COVID and that quiet stillness where God was speaking in that quietness to me. I didn't know much about biblical prophecy. I just knew that the Lord was pouring into me in a fire that I had never experienced. And his word was, I couldn't get enough of it. I was posting some things and Sarah was the one that had all the resources when she had shared some resources with me then I began to know good resources where to confirm and affirm where God was already showing me things which was wonderful because I didn't have to think I'm a little loopy for thinking this it was no I did hear from the Lord correctly and Sarah had some other brilliant men that she shared with me I can relate to a lot of Ashley in that it wasn't till about 2020 just 
just like with her, it was like something shifted. There was a darkness that I've never, never experienced before. I knew that this was not just about a virus. I knew there was a lot more going on. Just seeing how this was like a global thing. Everyone all around the world just seemed to be on the same page, do the same things. I'm just like, there's something going on here. You know, growing up in a Christian home, my mom and dad are, are very biblically sound. They're very knowledgeable. My mom loves Bible prophecy. That got me thinking and then got that got me talking to my mom. I knew what was going on was biblical. I'm like, there's something going on here. There's something shifting. Well, in the Bible, it talks about one world government. Oh, mm. absolutely. And I really felt like this was biblical and the Lord put it on my heart. Like there's something big going on here. I wasn't really that knowledgeable in Bible prophecy. I honestly wasn't. I knew some of the basics of one world government, but I'm just like, how do I know this is true? I was searching online and you hear some pastors believe in one way. Some pastors believe in another way. I knew what was going on was biblical, but I'm like, why are there so many different opinions on this? Like with the second coming of Christ, like, why is it like that? And so that's why I started asking a bunch of questions and I came across some really incredible pastors. They teach verse by verse through scripture. They go through the whole Bible. They don't miss a chapter. They don't miss a verse. Once I started listening to them, it was just like light bulbs were going off. I broke into tears so many times because wow. I'm just like, this makes so much sense. And that's when it was confirmed. There's no other explanation. This is biblical. And I stand firmly on like everything that I've been studying. For example, Andy Woods is a pastor in oh. Sugarland Bible Church in Texas. Yeah. He's such a gifted teacher. Brilliant. He doesn't miss a verse in the Bible and he'll go through everything. And he's the kind of pastor. He's like, I don't care if I have to stay in the book of Genesis for a year, I'm going to go through it until you you have a good understanding on this book of the Bible. For example, his series on the pre-tribulation rapture, 70 videos. And he goes over every single viewpoint. And he doesn't just tell you what to believe. He's like, this is where the post-trib get their verses from. So he kind of presents everything to you. I understand where these different viewpoints come from. Go verse by verse though, because then you can never deny what scripture is saying. Exactly. You have to address it. You have to address it. So yes, it's 70 videos long. He just goes over all the viewpoints, presents everything to you. So at the end of the 70 videos, you make that decision. Pretty much in 2020 is when my eyes just opened. I'm like, there's a shifting going on. There's something going on here. And once I was studying prophecy, I got a better understanding of Israel and God's plan for Israel and like studying the rebirth of Israel and how incredibly significant that is. And that's in Isaiah, by the way, that a nation will be rebirthed in a day that happened. Everything was just making so much sense. What has the Lord revealed to you through your study of prophecy and how does it relate? It really helps you to understand the book of Daniel mm-hmm. and the prophecies, how Jesus came to live, how he did the Olivet Discourse, which is exactly the signs of the end times, which is found in Matthew 24, and then the crushing of his body, which is all scriptural, mm-hmm. and it was prophesied to happen. It was prophesied when Israel would become a nation again. May 14th, 1948. Which is mm-hmm. what Sarah was saying before they became a nation again, which we did our study this past is very good because he helps you to understand exactly mathematically Mm. how many years the Israelites had to be punished for not accepting the Messiah and they rejected the Messiah. So when that punishment was complete, they became a nation again. And even their land itself, just desert, it was lifeless. There was nothing. The Bible talks about that. And then it became 
full of life again from dirt dust to greenery and water and the Lord said he would do that for them so when Jesus was born after his resurrection messianic don't recognize Jesus as the savior Mm -hmm. they recognized him as a prophet just as a prophet that Mm -hmm. title that Jesus used of himself was extremely blasphemous I'm watching the chosen (laughs) and I know that it's not 100% you know but it is very interesting to see and to watch it happen give you the visual it does give you a visual because Mm -hmm. they rejected the messiah the bible says there will be a blindness over israel as a whole doesn't mean that they can't get saved there's messianic jews god is still working but as a whole as a nation they'll be blind jesus said you won't see me again until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord i have a quick question Mm -hmm. somebody told me this a mentor of mine a long time ago she had a jewish friend and she came to this conclusion the second coming of christ for us would be the first coming of christ for the jews what are your thoughts on that scripture says they will look on the one whom they pierce and they will know what they did they will cry out to him and realize he was a true messiah once that Daniel 927 covenant happens. Second Thessalonians talks about a restrainer that is restraining the Antichrist right now. He cannot come into a position of power until the restrainer is removed. Restrainer is the church, the church being the bride of Christ. The Bible talks about we will all see him coming in the clouds. We'll know it's Jesus. He's going to meet us in the clouds. So you have the rapture of the church where it's Jesus doesn't completely come down for the rapture. We, we meet him in the air. I have a chart on this specifically. It separates the verses for the rapture and then for for the the second second coming coming. of Christ. There's differences there. Which is from our end time study. It's phenomenal. The pastor's name is... Alan Nolan. Everybody that's listening, if this is stuff that you're interested in and you want to dive deeper, we're going to have all these links to what these ladies are talking about, to the resources. You can research yourself and you can pray and you can see where God's leading you in that. The difference with the rapture and the difference with the second coming in the rapture, only those who are his bride will hear the trumpet. People who are not truly saved, who have not made Jesus their Lord and Savior are not going to hear that trumpet. Gotcha. They're going to continue on. Then they're still going to have a second chance during the tribulation period to say, oh my goodness, these people are missing and I know why. That's kind of the deception Mm -hmm. where people are going to think aliens took us instead of us meeting Mm -hmm. Jesus in the air. And Satan knew that the rebirth of Israel happened. So that starts the time clock, the latter of the last days. And so Satan has to come up with a lie and a deception for every truth that Jesus had. When Jesus comes and takes his bride... Satan has to have a lie there has and a to be deception a reason. for it. And Jesus said, there's going to be great deception. Take heed that no man deceives you. Matthew 24, for false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect if that were possible. So in other words, it's going to be that it's, heavy of a deception. The whole IA stuff coming out now. AI, people in that realm saying, okay, this is bad. If you follow me on Instagram, I have a lot of videos and information saved on that as well. This stuff all sounds crazy and creepy but you know what we got to remember satan is preparing for his time and he's not gonna win we know how this ends so just remember that like no matter how crazy things seem we know god is the victor and he's in control and god is allowing these things to happen because his word needs to be fulfilled it's going to be fulfilled completely in your answers to the question you had john 14 29 i have told you these things before they happen Mm. so that when they happen you will believe Mm. i love that verse because god gave bible prophecy for the church to strengthen our faith he gives us so much proof that his word is valid we can trust the validity of scripture there's two questions that i have one is why don't you think the churches teach on it and number two why do you believe the rapture 
I tell people all the time, you can disagree with me and it's okay. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all on the same team. I stand firmly, firmly, firmly on the pre-tribulation rapture for many reasons. When you understand the prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel, you understand God's plan for the church and God's plan for Israel are separate things. The number one purpose is to bring the nation of Israel back to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Because everything that God has promised to Israel will be fulfilled. The 70th week of Daniel, you understand that God has a period for the church and then a period to deal with Israel as a whole. You're saying that true believers in Christ at that time will already be gone. Yeah, so we are raptured before the 70th week of Daniel. So some people believe no one's going to get saved during the tribulation, but I believe that there will be some that will be saved. Scripture verses to back that up. Second Thessalonians. We're not appointed to God's wrath. I understand there's a difference between tribulation and trials for living in a fallen world and Satan's wrath and God's wrath. I believe there will be some saved during the tribulation period and they're going to be martyred for faith. At the second coming of Christ, we come back with Christ. Obviously, Jesus is Jewish and the Bible is very Jewish. And Jesus is the groom. The church is the bride. And when you understand the ancient Jewish wedding tradition, it's a beautiful picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. The wedding tradition, what would happen is the groom and his father would go to the hope to be bride's house and they would meet the bride and they they would offer something and try to get the bride to accept the offer for marriage. The hope to be bride would have that option to either accept or decline the marriage. And if she accepts, what happens once she accepts that and say, I will be your bride, the groom leaves and goes back to his father's house. He prepares a place for his bride. Christ said, I leave to go to my father's house to prepare a place for you. So he is preparing that place for his bride. During that time, the bride is waiting at her house. She has no idea the day or hour her groom is coming. Just like how the rapture of the church, no man knows the day or hour. As Christ said, he's preparing that place for us. And we are here, his bride, waiting for him. The groom would take the bride out, show her to everyone. It would be a glorious a reveal. That's a beautiful picture. And it fits perfectly the rapture of the church. Christ is going to come back and take his bride. It's really fascinating when you study church history, just what you find. We are the bride of Christ. And Luke 12, 35 to 36 says, stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. It says, be like men who are waiting from their master to come from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him once they he comes and knock. There's another scripture verse that says to be as a bridesmaid and have your lamps full. I believe in God. I have a lamp, but you're not spending any time filling it with the Holy Spirit. You don't have any oil so that when he does come, those bridesmaids are going to meet the groom. It says, and they went and they said, can I have some of your oil? And they said, no, you can't have any of our oil. Go and get your own. And they go and get the oil and they go back. And they're too late. And they're too late. That scripture verse means a lot to me. Revelation chapter three, it talks about all different churches. And it talks about the lukewarm church, which is they're not hot for the Lord. They're not cold. You're not really doing anything for me. You have a belief, but you're just not even on fire and you're not even cold. You're just somewhere in the middle. He gets through all these churches, Church of Ephesus, Church of Sardis and Thyathra, and get down to the very last church, Revelation chapter 3. In verse 10, because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come from upon the whole world to test those who belong to 
this world. We don't belong to this mm. world. So those who do belong to this Our world. Our home is in heaven. And those who are still here, he's testing them. He's still even compassionate to those who haven't had the chance yet to truly take him in. They're mm. going to have that chance. I am coming soon, he says. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Why do you think the churches pull away from teaching on prophecy? Fear. Fear of... The closer you get to Jesus coming back, the harder times will get. There'll be people longing Itching for teachers ears. that will just tickle their ears. They're just hit. talk on the good stuff. They just don't want to offend people. They don't want people to feel uncomfortable. That's not truth. Truth right. is all a scripture. It's important for believers, I think, to be educated on the topic because we're living in those times. Yeah. And it's important for the church to discern that. What's really sad is the book of Revelation. That is the only book in the Bible that specifically starts out that you'll be blessed if you read this. Mm. There's a special blessing for the church to read that book. And that's the book that's and most ignored. Because yeah. Satan mm -hmm. uses it as a fear tactic. I think that's why God chose to say that. He knows Satan is going to make people fearful. This is where Bible prophecy comes in too. When you understand prophecy and you understand what God's word says about these times, you're not going to be fearful. It won't be pleasant to live through it, but you'll be like, ah, I see what's going on here. Okay. Mm. Prepares you and it protects you from a world of deception because there's a a lot of deception right now there's a lot of false teaching in the church regarding this topic there's a lot of just confusion god is not the author of confusion amen man has made it confusing so i think it's fear this is going to sound harsh but i'm going to say it and i say it in love most seminaries teach very minimal yeah. on eschatology and end times bible prophecy do you Teachers. think it's fear or do you think it's lack of knowledge yes. lack of understanding lack of, i think it's both i get what you're saying about the churches tickling the ears because i know when i got saved i remember some people saying that the pastor never taught about sin but let me tell you something i got saved through the love that was in that mm. church so there really does have to oh, be yeah. a balance oh because absolutely i was reading the bible i got saved and the reason i got that saved was because God knew everything about me and loved me anyway. We cannot disregard the importance of, and I'm going to quote this, a seeker friendly. My husband wasn't saved when I met him. And we started going to this church and they just loved on him. They didn't tell him he needed to believe this or shouldn't do this. As we joined Bible studies, that's where the depth comes. God is really moving oh, yeah. in oh, these times. There is yeah. a time of absolutely. really allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work in each person in his mm -hmm. time. Why he's so patient withhold right. his judgment because there's so many that still have yet to receive him. Right. Some churches really pulling it together and being, let's get back to the basics. Tell me the prophecies in Old Testament that are showing today. She already said, and even our pastor has said it, is that Israel becoming a nation again. That's a super sign. So where was that in the Old Testament? Isaiah 66. Eight is about okay. the nation being born in one day. In Deuteronomy 30, God promised land to national Israel. In 2 Samuel 7, God promised seed. In Jeremiah 31, the new covenant, the blessing, the restoration of Israel. Land, seed, and blessing God promised to Israel. We haven't seen the complete restoration yet because that's going to happen when Christ returns. Mm. And that's in Revelation 21, if you're curious. A new heaven and a new Jerusalem. Okay. That's fulfillment at the very end of biblical prophecy. What can you share from the Old Testament that you see happening today? Matthew 24, nation will rise against nation 
kingdom against kingdom. There would be famines in many places, pestilences in many places. We have COVID and we have one virus after another. We are already being alarmed at a new virus. And then we have earthquakes just on January 1st, right as everybody was celebrating New Year's, we had birth pangs. So all over the world, there were about 4, 4.6, 5.8, 6.2, all different earthquakes, including in Japan was so massive. It was 7.8 and it caused such great an earthquake that it caused tsunami waves of 10 foot to 15 feet high. And so these are things that Jesus said on Mount of Olives would happen and that they would be like birth pangs. And if anyone's ever given birth, you know that in the beginning, you might have some Braxton Hicks, and then you might start getting at a level one. You know, you see how dilated you are, and then you're getting to a two and a three, and your contractions go from being 10 minutes apart to then they get to... I remember calling my doctor saying, I think I'm in labor, and they're like, well, why don't you just wait a little bit? And I remember calling back again a couple hours later, and they go, are you pulling the sink off of the wall? I go, no. <laughs> well, then, then you're, you're not, not in labor there. yet. <laughs> it's... Very similar to yeah. birth. Very yeah. similar. And it's birth of mm. the end of the age. That's what we're seeing. Israel is a timepiece of Bible prophecy. What um, do you guys the, think about what's happening in Israel now? It's um, going to end up being prophetic. Yeah. I just want to expand a little bit on what you were saying. A lot of people say like, oh, there's always been earthquakes. Oh, but things have always been bad. We had World War One, then we had World War Two. Yes. Since 1948, the massive increase, yes. the massive spike of gotcha. things increasing. Things are on a global scale now. That's mm. what makes now different. We saw back with COVID how everyone seems like they're on the same page page here. Right now, we are living in a special time in history, and it makes perfect sense when you understand the parable of the fig tree and how Israel becoming a nation again in 1948, and that starts the clock. Israel, who's God's chosen people, you're saying that they're still deceived today? Because they missed Jesus. They didn't see Jesus as the Messiah. And there no. are Messianic Jews There are Jews that, Jews believe that really believe in Jesus. There's no Jew, Gentile, and Christ. That's why Jesus, back in Matthew, Jesus scolded the, the religious fig. leaders. Yeah, the you're hypocrites. You can't discern the signs of the times. You can't discern what's happening right in front of you. They Friday. had the Old Testament yeah. and it was prophesied to the exact day when the Messiah would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And they didn't see it. They were ignorant of scripture, whether they ignored it and they had it there. And we see with the first coming of Christ, how important Bible prophecy is. Like we just celebrated a holiday that revolves around literal prophecy, prophecy being fulfilled. So if that was all fulfilled perfectly, what makes us think the second coming of Christ is going to be any different? How do we know prophetically speaking that what we're seeing right now is end times? Right. That's what Jesus specifically told us the end times. Yeah. And I want to expand like. a little bit too on, you were talking about the Old Testament. I really want to expand on Ezekiel 38 and 39. What we see going on in Israel and the geopolitical shifting. Ezekiel 38 and 39, it is a future battle that is going to happen. There's going to be an alliance of nations. We see those nations right now lining up, just like the Bible said. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 38, 39 war, it's going to be a future attack on Israel. So we know the closer Jesus comes back, anti-Semitism is going to rise. Once that alliance of nations happen, For they're going Israel. to go after Israel and no one's going to come to Israel's Correct. aid. We know that's a last times battle lining up. So what's happening over there now, anti-Semitism's on the rise. You see it in colleges everywhere. It's on a global scale now it really is right where is it biblically in ezekiel 38 39 war no one's going to come to israel's aid right now the united states like we're allies with israel mm -hmm. but you can see the backing way exactly. of that exactly mm -hmm. and that's going to keep increasing because when that attack happens no one is going to come to israel's aid and it's going to be a supernatural act of god mm. and there will be no other explanation of the saving of israel except except it was god, god. Awesome. you know it's an end times battle but there's some debate and it's that's fine you could whether it's 
it be like the beginning of tribulation or before the rapture god is gonna be the hero and it's gonna save his people exactly and it's an end times last days event seeing the geopolitical shifting happening exactly like the bible said and then you talked about the rise of globalism and what's pretty interesting now like we have this border crisis in our country you know a lot of it doesn't seem to make sense like why would they be doing this to our country but when you understand the globalist agenda and this rise in globalism they actually speak of it they want to create the world into 10 regions sounds an awful like the 10 nation confederacy that the antichrist will rule over where did you get that information from oh in the bible yes scripture revelation 17 verse 12 it speaks of the 10 horns. The 10 horns are the 10 nation confederacy, the 10 kings that the Antichrist will be ruling over. It says the 10 horns of the beast, which is the Antichrist, are 10 kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. All 10 kings, they all will agree to give him their power. So there's going to be a one world government, a one world religion, a one world everything, and he is going to bring everyone together. Israel is going to look at him as their savior because he's going to make that Daniel 9 27 peace treaty, that covenant, all the leaders of the world are going to worship him. This is kind of around the same time that these 10 leaders are going to rise up. A lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. Well, you know what? We're going to have all those links to your Facebook page that they can scroll through. What do you guys find that's challenging to you when you started and continue to do this Facebook ministry where you share all this stuff. What are you finding that's the biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge is, I feel bad saying this, but it's been with other Christians kind of messaging me saying, oh, you're a fanatic, you need balance. I'm here thinking we do need balance because 95% of the church doesn't talk about this. I try to explain to people just like how some people feel the Holy Spirit put on their heart to focus on teaching about marriage. The Holy Spirit is going to put it in some people's hearts to have a passion for Bible prophecy. Mm. That's something he gave me. Yes, of course, we talk about love. We talk about grace. God's judgment and the second coming of Christ is a massive part of scripture. Jesus taught four times more about his second coming than his first coming. You don't really hear about it. No. So you're just really believing that that's where God's called you to. I think when you've been around long enough, it really is amazing to see how everything goes in a circle. Mm. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people their eyes on open. And I know we laugh at this because there is nothing we can do but stand true to our belief in faith. We can't change anything. We can't Mm -hmm. fight it. We can shout from the rooftops the truth knowing that we can't change it and why should we or could we because this is prophesied and is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So there is no reason to be afraid of it and there's no reason to not talk about it. redemption draws nigh. Our redemption is drawing near. I just want to expand really quick. I want to make it very clear that I understand there have been people that have abused Bible prophecy that teach too much on it and over sensationalize and have caused a lot of harm. There's been people that have date set run from people like that. First of all, that's not what the Bible says. And if you understand Bible prophecy correctly, you'll steer away from people like that. And I understand that we want to teach on love and grace. We're saved by grace and God's love is amazing. Truth and love go hand in hand. You can't have love without truth and truth is all of God's word. But it's like, you know, God gave it to us for a reason. Why did Jesus teach on his second coming four times more than his first coming? If you go through the New Testament, start at Matthew and just go verse by verse and highlight every time Jesus refers to a second coming, it will blow you away how many times Jesus mentions it. God meant Bible prophecy. He intended for it to encourage the believer, encourage us, protect us from a world of deception. When we start to doubt, we can see the validity of scripture and how Bible prophecy time and time again, it's been fulfilled literally and we can see it. We have the proof. So it's for the church to believe and have confirmation that God's word is valid and also for 
for an unbelieving world to believe. My dad was an atheist and it was Bible prophecy that opened his eyes like, wow, if this part of the Bible is true, I should listen to the rest of it. Not everyone's going to get saved because of Bible prophecy, but God can still use it. And I think what an amazing time, amazing opportunity for the church right now to give answers to the world for what is going on because they're nervous. They're afraid. I've been able to lead a couple friends to the Lord recently because they see what I post and like, Sarah, what's going on? I've been able to share scripture and present the gospel to them because of what I'm sharing about what's going on in the world. Just a couple days ago, there was someone else in the Air Force. They reached out to me and said, hey, they had supernatural questions about stuff I posted and the doors that I've opened up. People want truth. Yes, some people are rejecting it, but a lot of people also are open to receive it and they're searching. And what a great opportunity for us as a church to be like, this is what God's word said. This is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. You've already said that a lot of pushback has been from believers. Mm -hmm. So we can take that and we can put that aside and Mm -hmm. we can say, okay, Mm -hmm. then it's not for you. It's for these people. It's to bring the truth to those who are seeking it that are maybe scared and wondering what's happening. Some people get saved from the fear of the Lord. Some people get saved from the love of of God. Scripture is inspired by God and is used for correction, growth, righteousness, all of it. If this opens the eyes of some unbelievers, if the Lord saves one person through it, God is going to use all he is. And that's what kind of happened with Sarah and I. We had someone come to us and say, hey, we'd like to get together. This person had some questions about Revelation. They were not saved. I'm not sure if they are now, but this person is consistently coming to church. And that's why we felt led to have this Facebook group because we saw how so many people are like confused or afraid or they were never taught it or they just wanted some sort of clarity. It's not really taught much in most churches. And so we're like, hey, let's just make a Facebook group. I have this one group of friends that just started sharing some stuff too. They're all believers. At first, I stopped sharing because they seemed fearful and I didn't want to stir that because prophecy is not meant to create fear. It's supposed to do the opposite, actually. It's supposed to make you feel prepared, encouraged, strengthened so that you will know what to expect. So it's not unknown to you. One of them came up to me and said, this has meant a lot to me. Could you share more? I said, well, I'll share alone. And then the other ones were like, no, I want to too. So it's a group of about five ladies. And so I shared more and they said, we feel excited now. I used to feel afraid. Now I feel excited because mm. you've helped me to feel excited. Mm. And so praise the Lord, because that is the purpose of prophecy. Roll into the next question. How is this being used to encourage others? And that's exactly what you're talking about. People who have come to know the Lord yeah. through this, people who are asking questions and growing in the Lord, also, the fear is being taken away because the it's like the scales. The Bible talks about scales. the scales being lifted, yep. lifted yes. from their eyes and they're seeing the truth. And now they can move forward in faith. I love studying my Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And it's so neat because when you do that, prophecy will come up all the time, naturally. Prophecy is about a quarter of the entire Bible. A good friend of mine said this, ignoring 25% of the Bible is just as ridiculous as a surgeon ignoring 25% of anatomy. If you ignore a quarter of the Bible, your remaining 75% is going to be skewed. You're going to be confused about some things. And when someone accepts Christ and they're saved, you don't need to know all this stuff about Bible prophecy to be saved. You don't need all the knowledge in the world. You just need to turn to Jesus. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. That is salvation. That's the beginning. Now you got to grow. Now comes discipleship. Now comes understanding proper doctrine. It's important. It's important for your sanctification. It's important 
important for your growth and to mature how God intended. That includes a quarter of the Bible. And if you study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, Bible prophecy will come up naturally and you'll still touch on all the topics, family, finances, love and grace and serving, the second coming of Christ. It all will come up naturally. Just remember the second coming of Christ. This is the conclusion of the gospel. So if you take away that portion of scripture, you're taking away part of the gospel. I find that interesting because you're saying prophecy is 25% of the Bible. Mm. Do you know that people don't read the Old Testament? That's heartbreaking. Mm. That genuinely makes me sad. It's fulfilled in the New Testament. The entire Bible is God breathed. Mm. You can't take part of it and say, well, I don't believe that's for today. You want to mm. ignore the tough stuff. I came across Hebrews 6 1. It says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. So there comes a point in your walk with Christ where you should be getting into the meat of scripture. I feel like that is a lot of the church right now. And I say this in love, but I feel like that is a lot of the church. They're still on baby milk. And in Revelation 1-3, it says, blessed are those that mm -hmm. study prophecy. There's a special blessing And I've for heard it. teachers say, oh, well, don't get lost in the weeds. You're calling God's word weeds. You're calling the God's Bible. actual breath, actual scripture. You're calling them weeds? time I checked, all scripture was God-breathed God yeah. and used for growth. You two have encouraged each other. Oh, for yes. sure, yes. For right sure. there is a total blessing mm -hmm. because God didn't leave you alone in this. No. You both were on your own journey and God just kind of brought you together. Mm -hmm. In that is such a blessing yeah. that you're not standing on your own and you can do whatever things God's off of each other. To do yes. too, so how hot is that too to stand up for what God is calling you I to do? I feel that for me personally, like I've gotten a lot of verbal persecution, mostly actually from non-believers and believers, not intense, believers just on a light scale. Yeah. Calm down. That's what they're saying, right? Just calm, calm down. down. And so to me, it's important I don't know what God's plan and what God's going to do. I just know that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you're saturated in the Lord's word and you know what God has put on your heart to do, you just really have to do it even with the pushback. Mm -hmm. The closer you get to God, the more sensitive you are Amen. Yes. Amen. what is happening and what the Lord's doing and you can see it more clearly. Read their Bible, find that time. It is so essential to your relationship with the Lord. That's how he talks to you. So if you are only doing the talk talking, but you're not listening right. to him. Psalm 139 says, seek me and you will know me. Seek me and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's 139. Right. But there's another one that says, seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. You need to be a seeker. That's a perfect word. Be yeah. a seeker of the right. Lord. Be a seeker to know him. That was a struggle for me. Beth Moore said, I love the word of God. And she said it with such passion. I was like, I, I felt deflated. I don't love the Lord's word, really. I don't. And I was like, but I want to. Yeah. And I remember praying. I don't know how many years I prayed. I prayed at least two to three years to have a desire like mm. she did. And I do now. But I understand that it takes too long. Mm. It's got language. I don't. Well, just keep seeking. Mm. Lord, and, I don't understand your word. No. I don't feel like doing it. I need you to change my heart 
heart. So yeah. often we think we got to pull our boots up and we have to pull ourselves and make ourselves do it. We need to say, Lord, I want a heart to love you. Mm. I want a heart to seek you. I want a heart to spend time with you. All of a sudden, three months later, and, and that's how God works for it. Right. Because he always gets the glory. That's and if we're always trying to seek God and we're trying to be good and we're trying, right. who gets the glory? the glory? Right. Yes. This would be an encouraging mm -hmm. to other believers or non-believers to be honest with the Lord. Mm -hmm. yep. And the Holy Spirit's the best teacher, mm -hmm. honestly. If you He's just if you just spirit. read the word, and the, this is what I love about the Bible. You can read the same verse a hundred times, mm -hmm. and then the hundred and first time you read it, it speaks to you differently. If you're intimidated about the end times, say you want to read Revelation. Pray beforehand. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you clarity. Read it over and over. If you're still confused, like after praying about it and doing some reading, reach out to a brother or sister in Christ that you know is biblically sound. That's okay to do. First and foremost, ask God for the clarity. He will give it to you. Sometimes he uses other people in your life to help give you resources. If you're saying, right. I want to understand end times prophecy, or I want right. to understand what we're going through right now, I'm going to open this book of Revelations. Lord, show me. And he will open your eyes. And yeah. just what you need. So. But he's not going to give it to you all in one second. I mean, he mm. could. Even right now, you guys are still learning. Amen. Like just the other day, I was reading something. I was like, oh, I, know. I never noticed that. Like you're always learning. And that's yeah. what I, I love remember about the Bible. What would you guys say to encourage? I would say to test all things with scripture. Spend your own time with the Lord. Don't just go to church on Sunday. Listen to a 30-minute sermon, then go about your week and not spend time with God. I want to encourage you to test all things with scripture and spend time with the Lord and be faithful to do so. And I want to share something really quick that I just thought of. We were talking a little bit about the church and about a lot of the church seeming like they don't have a passion for the Lord. They don't love the Bible. Because I'm thinking about my own life. I'm wondering if they struggle with some unbelief. I know for myself, before I really started studying this part of scripture, like Bible prophecy, I was very lukewarm and I was very attached to this world. And I think there was part of me, like, I didn't really know how to defend my faith. I was kind of like on the fence. But once I started studying Bible prophecy, just spending that time with the Lord and seeking, things were coming so clear to me. There is no doubt that the Bible is the word of God. Nice. So incredible is Bone the marrow. Bible is the only book in the world that has fulfilled prophecy. If you take prophecy out of scripture, you put the Bible on the bookshelf and it's no other different than any other religious book. None of them have any fulfilled prophecy. When you take prophecy out of the Bible, it's a religious book of a bunch of stories and religion. When you take prophecy out, you're taking out the proof of the gospel, the, gospel, the proof that it is coming from a divine source. Amen. God. And that's something that it became more real to me because I'm learning more about the Old Testament. I'm learning more about the days we live in. And it's giving me an understanding of God's whole redemptive plan. And it's giving me so much clarity and understanding. And it's given me an eternal perspective. I am realizing I used to be so in love with this world, my job, my plans. But now I'm just like, this life is fading. I have an eternity with Christ to look forward to. Amen. And Christ Amen. is coming back. And once I'm with Christ, this life, <laughs> I'm not even going to think about it. This is a fleeting moment. And I tell my husband, you know, I, I used to say, oh, I want to do this before Jesus comes back. I want to do that before Jesus comes back. I don't have any goals before Jesus and comes back. And I'm like back. thinking, am I really saying that being in Daville, Connecticut is better than being in the <laughs> presence of Christ? Is that really what I'm saying here? And I'm just like, this 
makes no sense. And what kind of bride isn't exciting and eager to be with their groom? Yeah. Studying Bible prophecy for me, studying verse by verse through the Bible, it's given me an understanding of scripture and it has opened my eyes and it's become so real to me. And I have so much more confidence like never before that my salvation is secure, that I know God is in control. I can trust all of scripture. It's valid. The Bible's only book that will give you that. Amen. There's the encouragement right there. Get in the word of God. And the only last thing I want to say is Jesus is the way, mm -hmm. the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through him. Amen. Mm -hmm. We're going to have all of these resources in the show mm -hmm. notes, so anybody can check those out, and also your Facebook page. We can mm -hmm. link that up. We're going to end in prayer unless there's anything else you feel like you want to... I just want to say really quick, if you're listening to this and you don't know Christ, today is a day of salvation. Mm. Christ came the first time, and he came as God, fully God, fully man. He died for you, and he's coming again. And Christ's return is imminent, and also death is imminent, and mm. we're not promised tomorrow. Today is a day of salvation. If you're listening to this and you don't know Christ, I want to encourage you to embrace Christ. We don't have forever. The clock is ticking. He loves you. Amen. Does anybody want to end in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this day. Thank you that you ordained all days as they were to come into pass, and that you know the exact day of any person out there when they will open their heart to you. And I pray, Lord, if this is the moment, I pray that person would open their heart to you, Lord. And I thank you so much for the way that you reveal yourself in your gentle, wonderful, powerful, mm -hmm. almighty way that only you can. I pray that everyone everywhere in the world right now, that you would just draw them to yourself. May they come to know you. Mm -hmm. I pray however they come to know you, you know exactly how to speak to them. And I thank you that the pressure is off of all of us. But may we live a life that is pleasing to you, Lord, that is yielded to you, to yield the fruit of your spirit mm -hmm. and to dwell in the presence of your glory all the days of our lives, Lord. In Jesus' mm. name I pray, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much just for this time where we could talk about your word, God, and have some great discussion, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that you will just light a fire under all of us, Lord. Give us a love for your word. Give us a passion for your word, Lord, and draw hearts to yourself, Jesus. You are so gracious and so patient, God, and we thank you for that. Light a fire under your church as we love and serve those around us and love on them. God, help us to be bold with the truth. Show them truth and love. God, just move in this world, God, and we know your return is approaching, Lord. I just pray that you will just open up so many hearts, soften hearts, Lord, and work through the church God, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, God, will just light a fire into each and every one of us, Lord, to spread the gospel, God, and to share the truth, share it in grace, Lord. We love you so much, God, and just thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness, for your mercy and your grace. In your name, amen. Amen. Second Peter 1.19, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. I want to thank our listeners for joining the conversation today. Praying the Lord spoke to each and every one of you and believing we can move forward together and shine as bright lights in our communities. For more information about today's guest, please be sure to go to the episode show notes. If you found this podcast engaging and encouraging, please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing these episodes with your friends and family. It's the best way to help the Morningstar Bright Lights community grow together as we share our experiences and insights for reaching New England and the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. 
If you or someone you know is shining the light of Christ and feels led to share what the Lord is doing and has done in and through your life, we would love to hear about it. Please go to podcast at morningstarbookstore.com and leave us a message. Visit our Morningstar Bookstore locations and discover our wide selection of Christian books, Bibles, and gifts. Also visit our website at morningstarbookstore.com for more selections and direct-to-home shipping. On behalf of the entire team at Morningstar Christian Bookstore, thanks for joining the conversation.